0: On this episode of AV Week, Avixa says the AV industry is going to explode in the next five years as far as revenue. Draper and Barco get together and how other manufacturers can play well together. And Stampede looks for global distribution. All that and more next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This this is is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 372, recorded Friday, October 12th, 2018. Untapped opportunities.
1: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by chief the global leader in commercial av mounting solutions
0: this is av week your weekly wrap-up of audio visual news and information my name is tim albright i am your host the folks that we have gathered to talk about the news and information that we have gathered this week first and foremost yt from a10 welcome ma'am
1: hey team thanks again for uh having us
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, also with us is Mr. Brock McGinnis from the, the Great North, uh, and it's hockey season, Mr. McGinnis. So
2: uh, welcome to you and, and, and go to your, to your Maple Leafs. Uh, it is hockey season. We have something to do every night now, um, which is uh, a nice change after golf season. Uh, and, <laughs> and I'm glad to be on the show, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's finally in St. Louis. It was 90
0: degrees uh, on Monday. We're recording this on Friday, and it's finally fall. Uh, I believe the high this morning when I got up was 40. So that's, yeah. a, for those of you in, in, not, not good at math, which is me, that's a 50-degree shift in about four days, so not too shabby. Uh, and last but not least, least, Mr. Tom LeBlanc from Commercial Integrator. Welcome, sir. Good to see you.
3: Hey, Tim. Good to be here.
0: All right. Uh, all right. So, actually, we'll start off with a, a story from uh, from Tom's uh, publication. Uh, Avixa uh, released uh, or, or did a presentation on some pro AV industry trends, and, and honestly, it's this is uh, basically kind of asking you folks what what you think of it. They they were predicting a an industry growth to to two hundred and thirty billion dollars by 2023 that's only five years away uh and that seems like a like a big jump uh from just over 200 million uh, brock i'm gonna start with you on this is this something that that uh makes sense to you as, as an integrator and, and somebody who's who's in the trenches in this every day does that does that number sound
2: right to you does that make sense and uh, see a path where, where we can get there um, I never understand big numbers. Uh, I, I do understand that our industry is growing like crazy. Um, we have more opportunities than we have hours in the day, uh, because people can't seem to have, uh, meetings now or, or get together socially, uh, or do anything without having some sort of a screen and a way to communicate visually. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fantastic time to be in the AV industry. So whether the numbers are correct or the percentages are correct, I think that the trend is spot on. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that it applies across geographic markets, uh, it's certainly not just in North America. It's not just in emerging markets. It's not just in China. Uh, it's going to, it's happening everywhere. And it's about uh, changes in how people interact with one another. We do this on screen all the time.
0: Uh, Y.T., I'm going to bring you on this because one of the things that I found interesting in it, they uh, during one of the PowerPoint presentations, they were act- showing uh, what the different uh, impacts that, that different regions have. And, the one area was the Asia Pacific market, the Asia Pac. uh, about every single kind of a sub, uh, category, whether it's consumer spending, business growth, political climate, that area had a positive impact on, on the AV industry all across the board. Uh, how, are you guys seeing, you know, growth in that area? And, and if so, what's driving some of that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so you know, as you know, because we are, uh, we are a global company, so we have different regions. Go so to China, Japan, Korea, et cetera. So we can see, um, there are more and more needs and trends for the audio requirement. And, but, um, I have to say, because later we will probably talk about the localization, uh, but I'll say still for different regions, you are looking at different needs and different characteristics. So for example, let's say in in US, um, our 4x4 8x8 video matrix, small scale video matrix, pretty popular during the video war. But if you are looking at China, especially in China, there are a lot of government opportunities, a lot of government projects. And if you look into China, um, you're going to see bigger scale of video matrix, like 64x64, 128x128, that kind of scale. I'll say, and in Japan, again, for example, Japan, I'll say for the technology wise, they are always um, in front of the trend. So they are already looking at AK and not to mention Olympics. So there are like, you know, different um, activities, events in different regions. So I'll say overall, um, like, you know, echo back to what Brock just mentioned, uh, all over the world, I think the business growth is growing. So for example, in, in US, um, just recently, we have like some opportunities on the restaurants. And you can see that the one that in Buffalo, that's something that's already there, already existing. And we are just upgrading their systems, their prohibit systems. And the one in, we also have another one in Toronto where uh, Brock is located. That one is brand new. So you can see that there are new stuff needed, and there are also something existing, and we're just Going to upgrade in them, and um, so um, again, I think it's a it's a good time um, for the pro industry.
0: Yeah, and if you're you're not familiar, Whitey mentioned the fact that that Japan is is really really okay. uh, betting heavy on the 8K specifically for the Olympics. They've been broadcasting that the national broadcaster there in Japan has been broadcasting over the air in 8K for the last couple of years. <laughs> wow. Test, yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty remarkable. and and that's where some of some of the uh, manufacturers, the display manufacturers are already kind of releasing uh, some of their eight ks. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Tom, you guys mentioned in in your article actually that you're the one that wrote it uh, about asking uh, some of your readers, where uh, some of their, uh, the, their, their revenue derived specifically from digital signage. Uh, I find it interesting that, that, eight, that six to 10% was the second most uh, responded, the uh, w- w- second most uh, picked response. The, the first most was, was little cha- was little has changed, but you had quite a few saying that they had 10%, 20% and more than, tw- and more than 20%. When you're talking with, with integrators, is this a segment that they're seeing a lot of growth and, and possibly adding to this large chunk or is there, or is there another vertical?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think digital signage is often very misrepresented in the market because we write about it a lot. You know, you see it a lot at trade shows, and it's talked about quite a bit. But for most integration firms, um, the digital signage revenue is a very small chunk of the revenue pie. We've talked about this um, in some webinars recently. And um, I think the thing about the growth related to digital signage is that there are a lot of untapped opportunities when it comes to digital signage. That market has grown a lot from what it used to be. Like it used to be kind of exclusive to um, customers who would be candidates for showmanship, I guess, you know, like a big digital signage displays and, uh, maybe the retail or entertainment market. And now you're finding digital signage in corporate environments and, Um, obviously, in in hospitality and healthcare environments and and all over education campuses. So there's a lot that's untapped when it comes to digital signage. And I think a lot of integrators have gotten really educated about digital signage over the last few years. And that's one of the reasons that the, the curve is a little bit wider with that category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. we actually were heading to New York in a couple of weeks for the annual uh, New York Digital Signage Week. And you have Signage Expo and, and Infocom and, and ISC both have significant digital signage areas, not necessarily pavilions, but certainly areas where, where integrators can find out more.
3: Absolutely. And by the way, my colleague Adam Forziati wrote that article, not me. So I, I, you- I want to give credit where it's due. No, oh,
0: no, absolutely. Yeah, if I misrespect, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Our next story here comes from us from our friends over at SCN and uh, AVS. Draper is introducing or has introduced the Smart Trim for the Barco Unicy. If you're not familiar <laughs> with Barco Unicy, Barco Unicy was released uh, announced a year ago, uh, actually this month. And if uh, we'll put a, a link on it, our our, uh, our our colleagues over at Barco have posted the first. Uh, in the wild pictures, I guess, uh, of this. Uh, it was an installation at a, at a Volvo de- or a Vol- Audi de- dealership in New York City. Um, what it is, it's, it's a trim kit. Honestly, it's a trim kit for the Barca Uni- Unisee platform. Barka Unisee platform is a, is a is a LED video wall. Uh, and this just kind of trims it out and, and makes it, you know, um, pretty slick. It, it, it's a pretty slick uh, installation, the one there in, in New York. YT, I want to start with you on this from a manufacturing standpoint. When part, partnerships like this, because that's, in essence, what you're talking about, one manufacturer making a product to make another, product, another manufacturer's product better. How do, mm-hmm. how do partnerships like this happen? How do they come to, to be?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll say, um, in this case, we're looking at the panel along with the mounting kit. But for us, I, I can start with like the control system. So, you know, the control system, wherever there's, whenever we want to control devices through R232 or IR, there's got to be device drivers, device libraries, like the ASCII has code of the R232 or the IR code. So, uh, from a manufacturer's point of view, we want to make the system integrators um, easier, feel easier to, to do business with and to do installation with. So for control system, that's why we will partner with other vendors and other manufacturers for the control system device libraries, like projectors, like TVs or amplifiers, or even um, with supporting the network protocol. So I'll say uh, from us, not just from US, even from our um, APN headquarter, For example, our control system, you can search for device libraries um, for different um, devices. And I'll say for this case, um, well, to be frank with you, I'm I'm, uh, really looking forward to what Brock says because Brock is the system integrators, how he looks at this. But I'll say it's a good thing because um, in in a way of um, making the system integrators easier to integrate, but at the same time, um, hoping well, it depends on their business model, but hope, hope at um, the same time open the doors for other um, um, integration as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom, you and I have seen several of these over the last few years. Is this maybe a trend for the future instead of manufacturers trying to make everything, which we all know folks who try to make everything, you know, not, not to call any of them out, but there are several that out there that, that you know, they make everything from soup to nuts uh, to, to steal an old advertising phrase. But are you seeing more and more of these partnerships where you know, one manufacturer is, is you know, making a product you know, to sell? but it also helps and and, and makes another manufacturer's product better.
3: Yeah. I mean, I hope it becomes a trend because I think, I think it's a good thing for the industry and, and I think for integration firms, but like YT, I'm anxious to hear Brock comment about that part of it. Um, Tim, you and I were at um, uh, an NEC event uh, probably a month or two ago where they were opening up, um, you know, basically, you know, vignette style showroom settings in their headquarters and, Um, NEC is a company that I have talked to quite a bit about this concept of not being all things to all customers, but instead understanding what you're really good at and finding partners who are the right complement for a solution that you're trying to provide and trying to make solutions a little bit more turnkey for integrators. NEC has done a good job like in um, the control room, uh, command and control um, area. They've partnered with Hyperwall, for instance, to provide more of a current display-slash-software video wall solution for command and control centers. Um, They've had a a few other partnerships. At at one point, I don't know if they still are, but at one point they were partnered with T1V um, to to blend the ThinkHub into the NEC (laughs) environment. Uh, This week, I think we posted a story about uh, Bright sign being integrated, Bright sign uh, digital signage players being integrated into uh, MIMO monitors. So it's, it's, I don't know if it's a trend, but I am seeing a bit more of it lately. And I, I do hope that it continues because it seems like it would be a really good thing for the integrator and for the customer for there to be a, more of a turnkey approach.
0: Well, and you're also letting people stay, in, this is a horrible phrase, but stay in their lane and, and work on and, and kind of focus on their own core competencies. Uh, BrightSign also is, is the, the underlying and the, the digital player in the peerless kiosks. Also, I believe. the so often they're not their first, not their first partnership. Uh, all right, Mr. McGinnis, uh, both Tom and NYT want to hear what you say and I want to hear what you
2: say. So what do you say? I, I think it's a win-win. Um, Barco identified they had a problem. Uh, their intersea sticks out. Um, doesn't look very good from the side, they needed a solution and they could either go and and engage a bent metal company um, and then uh, you know put their markup on it and try and, and uh, sell that to integrators who then have to put another markup on it and the product becomes too expensive. And we've seen this over and over again uh, from loudspeaker manufacturers trying to uh, build their own brackets and rigging uh, through uh, even some of the um, uh, some of the display manufacturers uh, building their own or having bracketry built for them by another company, NEC, I, I believe, they bundle brackets from another company uh, with some of their product, and then it becomes too expensive. And we need, uh, you know, we need paths to market. We don't mind dealing with two vendors if we can offer our customer a, a, an integrated solution that. Um, is lower cost and and makes sense draper already knows how to do that i think it's fantastic um, from an overall perspective though i think manufacturers have to worry about uh, getting in bed with one another if it excludes uh third and fourth parties and this is the this is the concern and i think this is what it or yt has has um you know, may have been alluding to. If you have Barco getting in bed uh, with with Draper on this particular product, does that mean that Christie then doesn't want to be associated with Draper, and they're going to start promoting Daylight or Stewart or some other brand of of screen product or uh, or other thing? So you have to be careful, and I think that uh, what Draper may be doing here is a lot what Brightsign has done with other manufacturers. They've said, hey, we're an accessory. Uh, we can make these for everybody. And, and currently, I think Planar is the only video wall manufacturer on the market that has a trim kit on their skew. Uh, uh, Westbury uh, custom manufacturers, or, or has the metal uh, bent and painted for us, uh, for our clients, for Samsung and LG walls, because this is a common ask. Um, you know, they stick out from the wall. Uh, uh, people, th- There's both uh, kind of safety secu- uh, concerns about people running into the sides and catching their shoulders on uh, on sharper edges and corners. Um, but for manufacturers to recognize that there's already expertise out there and tap into it, and for Draper to do tied selling. Um, so Barco is promoting... Uh, Hang on for a second. What is what is Tide selling? I'm sorry, I'm not. Familiar. Well, Tide um, Tide Tide selling meaning uh, all the Barco reps are now promoting Draper. They're saying, "Hey, right. have go have a look at what Draper has to offer." And I got to think that NEC and and Planar and LG and Samsung will also be sending their SKUs uh, to Draper and saying, "Hey, make us a similar kit." That makes us all think about Draper more often. Um, and in different ways. It's not just a screen company, exactly as a, uh, a chief uh, has done or a peerless has done um, with, uh, with display manufacturers. Uh, you know, they, they make mounts for everybody. So, yeah, so and, and that actually, we'll, we'll see some of that and in New York.
0: Uh, NEC's 25th anniversary uh, showcase is happening actually before New York to the Science Finance League. And my first trip to Digital Signage Week, uh, it was remarkable to see Chief and Draper and
2: Peerless in the same space uh, of of an AC-hosted event, right? Right, but they're the plumbers of the digital signage world. It really doesn't matter, you know, what's at the front end and what's at the back end. You still need them out. Um, you still need a kiosk. Uh, you still need something that a CMS for a system on chip. So Bright Sign or you know other similar vendors will uh, will be dealing with all of those those display manufacturers so that they're not left out in the cold.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, last uh, possibly uh, story here. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, Is from uh, over uh, our friends over at AV Magazine. Uh, Stampede uh, hosted an, an event for all of their vendors shortly after being acquired by uh and the parent company DC. I want to read a, a quote from here. And I, at YT, I want to start with you. Uh, from O'Keefe, the director of DCC. Um, he says that this is. Uh, it, he emphasized uh, the acquiring Stampede because, quote unquote, it had established the initial framework for a global distribution solution. Uh, we've spent. Probably the better part of the last year uh, on and off talking about globalization in the AV industry, everything from global AV partners, global AV integrators, folks who are opening offices around the, the globe, uh, whether you have P- it's PSNI or the global um, uh, alliance, or you have folks like Verex and AVISPL and, um, you know, HP communications, and I could, the list is, is getting quite long, actually, folks who are opening mm-hmm. up uh, overseas or non-US offices. But when it comes to that specific statement, that that globalized distribution network, um, this is not a political statement. But in the U.S. and, and China, they have some tariff issues right now. I, I'll just lay it out there, like that, like that, as, as apolitical as I can. Um, so there are certain cost issues with doing, you know, bringing things into the states and then distributing elsewhere. What can a manufacturer do to help? Kind of offset that, and but also make sure that the integrator who's trying to deploy a global distribution network maintains mm. a certain homogeneity when it comes to cost as well as um, as well as cost. It's, I, it's a, I know it's a big word, but it, it's it's appropriate. Um, but you know, make sure that they're they're you know laying out the same quality, but also similar or if if not identical cost structures around the globe
1: all right um you. um i'll say the globalization but actually the other the other word that we'll be thinking is localization so i think being global there is a key a very important key is to be localized which is to know the local market to know the local market so for for example um it, uh, and I know we just mentioned about U.S. and China, but also, for example, when we think about Europe, so, so again, it's like different regions have different characteristics. Kind of in Europe, it's where the uh, all the countries are so close to each other, and with you know, like they, it's really easy to have the products flow over the place. And so, for example, in in, in Europe, we are facing a situation where. You can you probably can get per products from Germany, but while your installation is probably in Northern Europe, so that's one thing that we're looking at. And again, um, in for example, in Japan, uh, besides the AK, another thing that we're looking at is the 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 their needs and the, I probably have to say how picky they are about the quality. So they will look at the warranty. Not just the price point, but the warranty, as well as advanced replacement. Um, so I'll say for uh, either the distributors or even the system integrators to go to global. Um, I'll I'll I will recommend you know, working with the partner who is being globalized already. Um, so you know so we can help. So people you know people like us, Aten, uh, we can help with. The different needs and different trends and different um, applications in different regional markets. And I, we, have, I have to say, I'll say the pricing structure is pretty difficult because I, um, I don't think it's practical to ask a unified pricing pricing structure. I think it's more practical to ask a localized pricing structures. Okay
0: uh brock um i was able to go down to the AVISPL spl uh sas event it was their annual get together and um one of the things I, I have found in talking with some of the vendors there is AVISPL spl asked the same thing right this was this is what Stampede is is aiming for is not is not new uh and in talking with some of the manufacturers and you know, i'll we'll put a link to, to some of those interviews um we're talking with the the gentleman from, from NEC, he said something similar to what kind of YT is, is is aiming for. Said we can do it as as much as possible, currency exchange dependent, right? So understanding that you know the the shipping and the warranty and stuff like that are important, but also is making sure that the the customer is not paying a a local tax, or a localized tax, I guess. When it comes to to doing, you know, making sure that that yes, you're you're still maintaining the quality because you guys, you know, Westbury has partnerships in in you know, um, right. where you're doing work both in Canada and, and you know, Westbury's also done uh, work outside of Canada. You know, making sure that you're still using those same quality products that you guys have had um, relationships with. You know, how how then can you know? I, I guess working with the manufacturers uh, make sure that you know there's as little localization
2: tax as possible. How, how, how do you manage that? Um, So cannabis becomes legal in Canada next week. Why are we Uh, talking about pot? (laughs) Because, because anybody who thinks that there will be global pricing um, on uh, manufactured uh, product uh, has been sampling uh, uh, said substance. It's simply not possible. Um, you know, you've got 140 some countries in the world. They all have their own uh, import duty structure. Uh, currency aside, it costs different things for NEC to ship. You know, a, a an NEC TV uh, in Canada is going to be 150 or $180 more expensive than it is in St. Louis because of the different distance in shipping from California, because of the import duties, um, and because of the tax structure. Uh, every country has a different uh, operating cost structure because people get paid different in Lagos than they do in New York. Um, uh, and, uh, and it's just, it, it's not a feasible thing. And I love what YT said about localization. And you look at groups like PSNI and the Global Presence Alliance and multinational operators like um, uh, like uh, ABI SPL they're looking for consistency of service they're looking for consistency of product but they know that they need to have feet on the street and local representation in order to best service a client even if you're they're using the same TV the same touch panel, the same processor, um, those things are going to, uh, to uh, cost a different amount in every country. In Canada, we're, we're quite accustomed to paying, what we call a Canadian bump. Um, you know, a, a sure microphone costs more money here than it does in Buffalo. We've gotten over that. It's, you know, that's just fine because the costs of doing business are different here. Um, the uh, distribution channels and the cost of, of local service the uh, it you know we've we've done pro, uh, projects overseas, and we have found that uh, traditionally, for example, AMX cost the same or less uh, to use in Europe than it did in Canada or the United States. Crestron cost thirty or forty percent more because of the way that Crestron was distributed internationally, and the price that uh, we subcontracted a project uh, in the UK to a contractor there who. Um, who was paying uh, as their dealer cost what we considered list price on this continent because of Crestron's legacy uh, distribution arrangement. I believe that's changed now. I, I think that, uh, that they've gotten over that and it, it is much more unified, but uh, it, it's irrational to think that you can sell something and, and prices in the UK are not what prices are in the US, nor prices in Hong Kong, Newer prices in Tokyo. And uh, uh, and I don't believe that a local market expects that to be. Uh, people who are selling from the US to England uh, would love that to be the case. And if the head office is in, in New York and, and they're asking why is the price so much more expensive uh, in London or so much less expensive in Hong Kong, um, th- uh, the it, it's the that US perspective that is out of line. The people in the UK, they know they pay more uh, uh, for certain things. Uh, the people in Hong Kong know that they pay less um, and get a great deal. So it's, it's the way of the world. The only thing that costs the same from place to place to place is a Big Mac. <laughs> I don't even, even want to
0: theorize why that is. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mr. Lebanc. Uh, is you know, YT and, and, and Brockhavell talked about this. Is, is this a hindrance then, or do you think this helps the ever-growing globalization of, of AV integrators?
3: Well, I mean, I think from every time I've spoken to an integration firm that has you know a really strong interest in you know pursuing the global market, I think the smart ones um, recognize that there's a cost of doing business related to adapting to whatever the unique variables and circumstances are in the markets that they're trying to pursue. And sometimes that's, you know, uh, elevated costs. Um, Sometimes it's cultural differences. Sometimes it's um, how their sales tactics won't resonate with the particular market that they're pursuing. But I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it kind of falls on the dealer or the integrator to be responsible for the variables as they're pursuing various global markets.
0: Well, yep. and some of that is also kind of like what, what Brock said is educating yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. If if he's right and the folks in the UK or Canada know that they pay more, okay, then the integrator in St. Louis should educate themselves and realize, okay, that my, my proposal has to be more.
2: Right. Yes. Right. I- Um, We we act as an integrator for uh, a number of U.S. companies and one U.K. company that are are doing business for their clients in Canada. Um, And so I have a pretty well-established explanation for why things are different. LG has a, a subsidiary in Canada that adds a layer of cost, as does Sharp, as does Panasonic, as does Samsung. Um, and so those TVs are not going to be what they cost in St. Louis. And, and there are a whole bunch of other things across the board that, um, and it it is about educating the customer and, and, um, and when the customer understands or the other integrators understand this is not a barrier, uh, and manufacturers are not in business to make life simple for their distributors. That's what their distributors do. Uh, in a uh, a localized environment, and I, I'm sure that uh, that you know YT's company A10 does the same thing. They either have a, a, a local infrastructure uh, that deals with uh, local requirements, or they use distributors that handle that on their behalf.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, today is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining us. YT Lang from A10. Thank you, ma'am. How do people find you and or A10?
1: Um, You can find us through our website, www.itin.com, and we are pretty active on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook as well. All
3: right. Very good. Mr. Tom LeBlanc,
0: thank you, sir. How do people find you or Commercial Integrator?
3: Uh, They find me on uh, commercialintegrator.com, mytechdecisions.com, and on Twitter at comintegrator.
0: I would just like to point out, for those of you not watching the video, that Mr. LeBlanc just put on his Boston Red Sox hat. So. Are they still playing baseball? I mean, I'm I'm just confused.
3: Well, they they will be until they face Justin Verlander tomorrow night.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm in St. Louis. It's hockey and football season here. So, Uh, all right, Mr. McGinnis, thank you, sir. How do people find you or Westbury
2: National? Uh, Westbury is uh, westbury.com, and I can be reached uh, most often on Twitter, Brock McGinnis. Uh, My name uh, is uh, also my Twitter handle. Pleasure as always to be here, Tim. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, for us, for me, uh, don't follow me because I mentioned it's hockey and football season. So that's, uh, you know what I'm going to be yakking about. Uh, but go by the website. Lots of really fine people. It's been a whole lot of hard work on it. It's avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, including our weekly residential AV show called ResiWeek, hosted by my buddy Matt Scott. Uh, a bunch of, uh, of monthlies and, and actually one that just posted looking at marketing uh, for next year, actually planning for marketing for next year. Uh, our uh, Don Mead hosts our AV social show. Also, while you're there, check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us Bring you av week and new york digital signage week and cd a couple months ago and ISE in just a few short months so all that and more at avianation.tv. Aviation.tv. thanks so much for listening thank you so much for watching that is all the time we have for av week